Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. Glad you are with us this evening, everyone. We uh, are grateful for another opportunity to be looking into God's Word uh, together. Great to see uh, two of our teenagers on the platform tonight, Jenna and Noah. Thank you so much for helping us uh, with our worship. If you're looking for a church where uh, your children and your teenagers will have an opportunity to get involved. The neighborhood church is that kind of a church. If you're looking for the kind of church where you don't have to attend for two years before we let you do anything, we're that kind of a church too. Uh, Just wonderful to see uh, people involved and using their gifts for the sake of uh, the work of the church. Whether you're listening in from uh, your living room or your family room, a vehicle, or as some of our members are doing this weekend from a hospital bed, we, uh, we believe that God wants to speak to all of us. And so we open our hearts up to everything he would want to say to us. On Wednesday at the inauguration of President Joe Biden, a young lady, Amanda Gorman, asked this question in the poem she had written. Where can we find light in this never-ending shade? Where can we find light in this never-ending shade? Well, I think I have some of the answer to that question. The psalmist helps us with that in Psalm 119 and verse 105 where he says, Your word, thy word, is a light unto my path, unto our path. And so tonight we bring light to this whole subject of faith and fear In foolishness, we believe it's an important, important subject. And uh, my challenge tonight is I have so much to say and probably not enough time to say it, uh, but God will give us wisdom today as we look at this together. Let's pray. Father, I just ask that you would come in the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit wherever people are listening now, and you would just make uh, your word light to them. Just make your word light to them. Make it shine brightly in their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Next weekend, we'll be getting the series Unfinished, which will be a look at the early church and the book of Acts and some of the practices of the Uh, early church and gleaning and learning truths from uh, that great book. So join us for the series Unfinished. 
want to thank, before I dig into tonight's message, uh, both Pastors Jordan and Pastor Yasmin for uh, the great messages, the great teaching uh, that we, share, we all received uh, in this series. So the three Fs, faith, fear, and foolishness. I want to share some general observations tonight on uh, these three things and uh, pray that God will challenge your heart with them. The first observation I want to leave with you is when you say yes to fear, you say no to a meaningful life. When you say yes to fear, you say no to a meaningful life. The Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, 66 different books, 365 times makes this statement, 365 times, fear not, fear not. There is a statement for every day of the year in the Scripture, fear not. Why does the Bible keep coming back to that so often? Because it's an important truth that we need to understand. Fear robs us of God's best for our lives. That's why this matters. Pastor Yasmin, in her teaching, uh, shared uh, this quote, and, and I bring us back to it this weekend because we need to remember it and we need to understand it. Fear is to Satan what faith is to God. Faith does God's work. Fear does Satan's work. When you allow faith to have a place in your life, when you say yes to fear, you open your heart to the forces of the evil one. And when the evil one has a place in your life, all he ever brings is a, is a desire to rob, kill, and destroy and cause confusion. When you say yes to fear, you say no to a meaningful life. Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 tells us, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. I can say without fear of contradiction tonight that if you have fear in your heart, if you have fear in your soul, God didn't give it to you. God didn't give it to you. God has not given us the spirit of of fear. Now, of course, all of us have moments of fear. Of course. But friends, the challenge I want to present to you is never allow yourself to park there. Never allow yourself to park there. When fear comes a visiting, when fear comes a knocking, get back on the highway of faith as quickly as you can. When you say yes to fear, you say no to a meaningful life. My second observation, and I steal this one from Pastor Jordan, a life of faith requires you to believe what you read, not read what you believe. 
A life of faith requires you to believe what you read, not read what you believe. Friends, you cannot pick your favorite scriptures and build your life on them. If you're walking the walk of faith, you do not get to choose what you believe. You cannot just read what you believe. You have to believe what you read. Matthew chapter 4, in verse number 4, familiar to, to many of you. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So what are you supposed to be living off of? What are you supposed to be living off of? Oh, my six favorite verses. No, life proceeds out of every word from the mouth of God. Can't pick and choose. You can't pick and choose. Romans 10 and verse number 17. Faith comes from hearing and by hearing the word of Christ. You need to get into the word of Christ. You need to get into the word of God. And you need to just keep going back to it for more and more and more and more. That's how you build faith in your life. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of Christ. I love Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Read it again this morning. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. The real world, friends, is an invisible world. And God took what was invisible and made something visible. How was the world formed? Some would say it was just kind of a big boom accident and it all fell into place. But the world was formed by the word of God, the words of God. There's power in the words of God. And the smart person doesn't choose which one or he or she is going to accept or believe. Ephesians chapter 6. And verse number 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So how do you fight your battles? How do you fight the spiritual battles we all experience in life? We fight the sword of the Spirit. And friends, you can't pick and choose what you're going to believe about God. You can't make God in your own image. Hebrews chapter 11 uh, the Hall of Faith is what this chapter is sometimes nicknamed. Let me, let me read it to you beginning at verse 32. And what more shall I say? For the time will fail me if I tell you of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to fight, women received back, they're dead by resurrection. Resurrection. Oh, yeah, God, that's the kind of God I want to serve. And, uh, well, we should maybe keep reading. And others were tortured, not accepting their release, 
so that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others experienced mockings and scourgings. Yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were cut in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, man of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground, and all these having gained approval through their faith. Did not receive what was promised. They gained their approval through their faith. These people were living in faith who were cut in half. These people were living in faith, who were living in destitution and walking around in sheepskins and goatskins. These people who were living in caves and holes in the ground were people God's word says were living in faith. You can't pick and choose your understanding of God and how God works, and you can't ever look at somebody and say, oh, they don't have nice clothes, they don't have a good job. If they only had more faith, then they would have God's blessing in their life. You can't <laughs> choose to... Read what you believe. You have to believe what you read. And if you allow yourself to go to any other place, you'll end up on a, uh, with a faith that is not really faith. It is, forgive me, friends, it is foolish. Talked to one of the good sisters of our church this week. And uh, she said this to me in the course of the conversation. Faith doesn't always make bad things not happen. Sometimes it gives us the strength to walk through. Faith doesn't always make bad things not happen. Sometimes it gives us the strength to walk through. Thank you, Celine. You said that so well. I was typing as you were talking. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4. The righteous, the end of the verse, New American Standard Version, the righteous will live by his faith. You have to make it personal. It has to be your faith. And the righteous will live by his faith. Friends, faith is, hear me now, please. Hear me now, please. Faith, friends, is not a get-rich-quick scheme. Faith is not a pathway to owning a Lexus. Bless you if you have one. Faith is walking with God in every part of your life. And whether that has you in a five-bedroom house with four washrooms, or it have you, has you living in a hole in the ground, you can have the favor of God upon you if your life desire is to live for him and honor him. The Christian lives by faith. 
my wife and I do a daily devotional called Strength for the Day on uh, the Strength for the Day Facebook page, and we're working our way through Second uh, Peter. There's an interesting verse in verse number 8. If these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What qualities? Well, Peter has just gone through uh, a detailed description of things we're supposed to supplement our faith with. That's the exact wording that many versions use. Things we supplement to our faith, additions to our faith. It's not enough, friends. Oh, I got faith. I believe God can do anything. Uh, Our fruitfulness in Christianity is living our life out in faith. It's the practical application of faith in every part of our life. The just shall live by faith. You bring faith into every part of your life. And so it should be bringing brotherly affection into our lives. It should be bringing uh, love into our lives. It should be bringing moral excellence in our lives. It should be bringing perseverance and self All of these things are reflection of true faith. Faith, my friends, hear me clearly. Please, 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 please is not something where you can go in this book and find your six favorite verses and begin to quote them and believe them with all your heart and ignore the whole counsel of God. Man shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Third thing, so we're talking about faith, third general observation, we're talking about faith, fear, and foolishness. Third general observation. Foolishness will ruin your life. Foolishness will ruin your life. Psalm 19 and verse number 3. Thank you uh, for sending me verses throughout the week. Sometimes you make my sermonizing a lot easier. This verse was emailed to me. When a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. So what does folly do? What does foolishness do? Brings your life to ruin. And then what do you do? You yell at God and say, oh God, why did you let this happen to me? You're a mean God. You're not a nice God. It wasn't God who brought you there. It was your foolishness. New Living Translation, a little simpler language to understand. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness. And then they're angry at God for it. Make a bunch of stupid things and then try to make decisions and then Blame it on God. Foolishness will ruin your life. And the foundation of foolishness is not recognizing God for who he is. Psalm 14, verse 1, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The truth of the matter is Satan has two primary goals for all of us. (laughs) And, And the first goal he has is to get you to do what he wants And if he can't get you to do that, his second goal is to get you to do what you want. That's his scheming. That's his plan. He either gets you to do what he wants you to do. No luck there. Then I'll get you to do what you want to do. Uh, Satan 
just wants to ruin your life. And he'll use the word, and he'll use others using the word on your behalf to ruin your life. Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, God's walking through the Garden of Eden, and he's talking to Adam and Eve. And uh, he says, The Lord commanded the man, saying, From any of the tree of the garden you may eat freely. You can eat any of the tree of the garden you want. You can eat freely. But then he adds something, verse 17, But from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you eat from it, you will surely die. So God speaks. Notice that God talks. God is a talking God. And then we get introduced to Satan for the first time in chapter 3 and verse number 1. Now the serpent was more crafty, Genesis 3 verse 1, than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, as God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. So Satan, God talks, Satan talks. And what does he love to do? He loves to make you doubt God's word. Because God really said that. You think God really meant what he said there? Do you really think if you eat that apple that you're going to die? comes in and uh, loves to misapply Scripture. He's good at quoting Scripture. Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 6. Uh, he comes up to Jesus. He says, hey, if, if you're, if Jesus has been fasting and praying for 40 days. says, if you're the Son of God, throw yourself down. Uh, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they'll bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. So he's saying, just throw yourself off from the top of the temple. And, and he quotes Psalm 91, which we've been spending a lot of time in during uh, this COVID season. He quotes Psalm 91 and says, I got a short, shortcut for success here, Jesus. Forget all that stuff you got to do ahead of time. Just, I got a shortcut here. Just jump off the top of the temple now. Do some steeple jumping. And the angels are going to catch you and then everybody's going to believe you're the Messiah. And what is Jesus' response to that? Matthew chapter 4 and verse 7. No steeple jumping for this guy. On the other hand, he says, It is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Friends, we've got to know the Word of God. Got to know the Word of God. One of the great truths or great gifts of Reformation theology, one of the great gifts of Reformation theology to us is the reality or their challenge to us that not only should we be looking at the must-it-be-written sections, but we need to be looking at on the other hand. We need to be willing to grapple with Scripture. We need to be willing to grapple with the tensions of Scripture. And just somebody comes into your life and says, I have a word from the Lord for you. Jump off the top of the church tonight. Angels are going to catch you. Psalm 91. You can read it in there. Matter of fact, I'll look it up and you can read it out loud to me. 
and you hear the word and uh, don't just accept it because it's got a text to it. You look at, on the other hand, you deal, friends, you deal with the tensions of the word of God. Anything else can take you to a place of absolute foolishness. The word faith is mentioned in Scripture 250 times. New Testament, sorry. Actually, 250 plus times. So faith is in there a lot. Faith is in there a lot. Why is it in there a lot? Because faith matters. This series matters. This teaching on faith, fear, and foolishness matters. It's a primary focus of Scripture. Uh, Habakkuk 2, verse 4, we already looked at it. The just shall live by faith. Let me read it to you out of three versions now. Uh, Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him. But the righteous shall live by his faith. One of the biggest battles in all of our lives is this pride battle. And Satan knows it. And uh, the people who aren't upright are controlled by pride. And I got to be noticed. I got to get attention. People, please, please, please notice how spiritual I am. Notice how important I am around this church. That's uh, not upright. That's a puffed up soul. It's not a soul that's upright clear as we look at some other versions on this King James version uh, his soul is li- but his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him but the just shall live by his faith we don't lift ourselves up we don't seek high places we don't seek attention we don't seek recognition and uh, the message I think is the next one I was going to look at Look at that man, bloated by self-importance, full of himself, but soul empty. Full of himself, but soul empty. The person in right standing before God through loyal and steady believing is fully alive, really alive. The just shall live by, by faith. Satan wants you to look like you're full of faith, and he finds this foolish plan for us where we exalt ourselves much more than we should ever be exalted. We try to look really spiritual, so we look like a person full of faith. But that, friends, is never upright. It is foolish. I've had the privilege uh, from, had the privilege from September to December of 2020 of teaching the history of Canadian Pentecostalism. Fascinating story. And one of the things that came out in, in Bartleman's writing about the early Pentecostalism of the 20th century, one of the very few persons who wrote it wrote uh, clearly from a perspective of having been there, said one of the things that happened in early Pentecostalism is there was such a, uh, 
a value amongst early Pentecostals on hearing from God and getting something new and something fresh from God, that getting a fresh word from God became a competition amongst us. And everybody was trying harder to get something fresher and bigger and newer and more exciting. And over a period of time, it took early Pentecostals down some paths that were not good and were not healthy. But what was all of it rooted in? This foolish need to be thought of as spiritual, puffed up hearts. I've got to be noticed as the real prophet in the house. I've got to be known as the one who hears from God when I pray for It's all foolishness, friends. The just do not live that way. That's how those who are not upright. It's foolishness. It's a counterfeit of the enemy. So I want to say to uh, the neighborhood family and guests who are listening in today, don't believe everything that has a scripture text attached to it. Please, don't believe everything that has a scripture verse attached to it. Make sure the word that is being shared is a word from the heart of God and a word for the moment, a word that is not uh, just grappling with the it is written, but is dealing with the other hand, on the other hand. God's will, my friends, must be executed by God's man or God's woman in God's way, in God's time. And this foolish need to be recognized amongst can ruin your life and can ruin the lives of others. My mom talks about uh, growing up as a teenager and there was a season of a few short years in her teen years where the latest thing was a prophetic word in church service that Sally should marry Andy. And what do you do after God has spoken? Sally marries Andy. Mom told the stories of some people who followed the prophetic word and ended up either with very miserable lives or in the divorce court in a season when divorce was very uncommon. Never be motivated, my friends, and never listen to someone who appears to be motivated by the need to be recognized as the spiritual person in the crowd. Don't believe every prayer that you hear just because it has a scripture included and it is said 
with a shaking, quivering spiritual voice. Whenever we have a heart that is not humble before God, we start saying and doing stupid things. When we want a soul that is important, we want to be noticed, it leads to foolishness, and foolishness will ruin people's lives. It'll ruin our lives. Faith, fear, and foolishness. So some practical advice on living a life of faith. Some practical advice on living a life of faith. First of all, there are three primary voices out there. Lots of voices, but there's three primary voices. Uh, God's voice. We get introduced to God the very first page of Scripture, and God said, and God said, Genesis 1-3, Genesis uh, 1-6, God said, we are introduced to God right from the start as a speaking God. Uh, the second voice that is loud in our world and uh, doesn't get recognized as his voice often, but it's the voice of the enemy. We already read the portion, Genesis 3, verse 1. So we're introduced to God and God's speaking. We're introduced to the enemy, Genesis 3, verse 1. And what's the enemy doing? The enemy is speaking. The third voice, and I'll come back to it in a moment, is your own voice. You need to understand the importance of being able to recognize the importance of these three voices. So let me just take you through a quick chart here as the worship band comes along to help us. Uh, the difference between God's voice, so this will give you some discernment in life, and the enemy's voice. When God's voice comes, faith comes. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of Christ. Faith comes when God speaks. The enemy's voice, uh, whenever it's there, fear follows. When the enemy speaks, fear follows. So when God's voice speaks, faith comes. When the enemy speaks, fear follows. When God's voice speaks, it will still you. It will calm you. When the enemy's voice comes, it rushes you. The biggest mistakes in my life, and I pray I've grown out of this, I pray I have, is I would hear this voice, this thought, and, and I would get this sense of, I gotta do something, I gotta do something, I gotta do something, I gotta do something. I need to get this done quickly, and I rush to get it done. And my discernment now, 15, 20, 30 years later, is that was the enemy leading, setting me up for destruction. Anytime the enemy speaks, you feel in a hurry. I gotta get this done right away. The enemy rushes you. God stills you. God calms you. So God's voice, faith comes, faith stills you. God's voice comforts you. The enemy's voice worries you. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Anything that's making you anxious, anything that's making you worry is not of God. And the fourth thing, 
Faith brings confidence. <laughs> we can make it through this. We can get there. God's got this. The enemy's voice produces confusion. I don't know what I'm going to do. What's going to happen now? We need to have discernment and being able to recognize the difference between God's voice and the enemy's voice if we're going to walk in faith rather than fear and confusion. But there's a third voice that's really important here. And uh, Pastor Yasmin introduced us to this in Second Chronicles 20, and I've been doing a lot of thinking about Second Chronicles 20 since her message. But Jehoshaphat in verse 3 is being attacked, the nation of Judah is being attacked by a bunch of different countries at once. And verse 3 says he was afraid. Friends, don't fall into condemnation when fear comes. Fear comes to all of us. But don't park there. Don't park there. Get on the highway of faith as quick as you can. Jehoshaphat began to seek the face of God. I love the final solution in the victory here. Verse 19, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. The Levites, the son of the Kohathites, of the sons of the Korahites, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. Friends, the enemy has a voice and God has a voice. But the world you live in needs to hear your voice. The spiritual world needs to hear your voice declare and the turmoil and the challenges and the disappointments of life as well as the good times. You declaring with all of your heart. And I'd like to say this really loud, but I'll come across as a raving lunatic online. So I'll say it just sort of loud. You need to say with a loud voice, God, you are my refuge. God, you are my fortress. God, you are my very present help in times of trouble. God, my trust is in you. I trust you completely. You need to use your voice to declare to the heavens and declare to the spiritual forces and to declare to yourself that your faith and your confidence is in The worship band prepares to just lead us in some worship and we allow the Spirit of God to speak to our hearts. Perhaps you're listening in right now. Maybe you listen in every single weekend. Maybe you've been a part of the neighborhood church, what feels like forever to you. Maybe you're a guest. Maybe this is your first or second or third time you're listening in. And as I've been speaking and sharing tonight, you've realized that uh, I don't think I've ever really made the decision to put my faith in God. It's the most important decision you make. As a matter of fact, it's it's that decision that changes everything. Ephesians chapter 2 says, By grace are you saved through faith. 
So opening your heart up big to him and saying, yes, God, I choose. Tonight, today, this morning, whatever time you're listening to this service, I choose to listen to the voice of God. I choose to listen to the voice of God today. And I'm going to live by faith. If you've never made that decision, would you pray with me now? And Amanda and her team are just going to begin to lead us in worship. Father, I come to you now. Would you repeat that after me? Father, I come to you now. And I ask you to come into my life. I, by faith, accept you as the Lord God, Creator God, the God who died for my sins and rose again, triumphant, tri triumphant over death. I give my life to you now. And I choose, Lord, not to live foolishly. Fool said in his heart, there is no God. I choose not to live that way. I put my faith in you. In the beautiful name of Jesus, I prayed this. Amen. And amen. Take a moment and go on the Connect card if you prayed that prayer for the first time. Let us know you prayed it. We'll get a hold of you this week and help you on that journey. Thank you. Thank you for listening in. Let's worship together. We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.